Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Rancher. You're tuned into episode 31 of Hashtag You Good Man. Listen, I'm always grateful for everybody who tunes in on a weekly basis. So shout out to the new listeners, the old listeners. Don't forget to hit subscribe and four stars or five stars. I don't really go on there, but I hear when you get five stars that that's a good thing. So I appreciate y'all if y'all can do this just so we can reach more people, especially more men who are dealing with wellness issues on a daily basis. So we can, again, improve the state of men and how we cope physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally on a daily basis. So in this episode, we're going to be getting into the discussion of rejection, in particular from a, a perspective of our careers, right, or or our the academia world. And this comes on the heels of me being rejected from NYU and Rutgers. Those who follow me on Instagram at Phil underscore quantify or on Facebook, they know that I that I was rejected from two Ph.D. programs in social work from NYU and from Rutgers. And so, you know, whenever you get rejected from something, when you're able to learn reasoning as to why, take that opportunity. Why? Because that gives you so much more insight into into you. Right. It it may or may not affirm some things that you need to do differently going forward in the in the future. Now, when we talk about rejection in the scope of relationships or things like that, you might not always get be able to send an email and say, hey, what went wrong in our relationship? Right. You'll be lucky if you <laughs> if you do are able to get that response, because that would mean that you have two healthy individuals who recognize that and self-improvement is the name of the game. And so if I can offer some constructive criticism, this can help one moving forward, uh, especially when we're talking about career. So if we're talking about a promotion or applying for a job um, or in my case, which was applying for applying in academia to try and get another degree, my, my fourth. Uh, but this one, hopefully I won't have to pay any money. That's the goal. Uh, with with PhD programs, you know, for those who don't know, uh, majority of them are free, right? Majority of them are free because they, it's a, it's research based, so they expect you to do uh, research and give your life over. <laughs> it's like joining a religion; like you got to give your life over. You have to give your time over. You have to give your energy over in order to, you know, because they want their money's worth, right? So in my case, I was rejected by Rutgers and I sent them a letter. I sent an email to the director of, of admissions just to gain some further understanding as to why I knew that wasn't the person I needed to contact. But I, I just that's the only email. And she's the one who sent the 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 standard uh, rejection email. But what she indicated was that what she received from the social work department, it said that, you know, after they did their assessment and their review of my portfolio, that I was not as highly qualified as others. See, it doesn't sting as much now as when I initially read it uh, yesterday. Now, when I read it yesterday, it stung. Like, not as highly qualified as others. Do y'all know what I'm doing out here in these streets? But then I had to take a step back. That was ego, right? And and listen, in, in situations like this, listen, we're human. We're human. Ego often gets a bad rap. In, in society, but no, I, I have to think I'm the ish. For me to get to this point in my life, I had to think that I'm the ish. And so it's like, dang, it's definitely your loss for this year, right? And so I'm sitting there, 
you know, thinking about not as highly qualified as others. And so automatically I started thinking about the feelings of rejection. Now I've improved greatly over time where I'm not associating rejection from a person, place, or thing or, or rejection from a goal that I have as being a, a reflection of who I am as an individual. And so, but for, for everybody, you know, there was a period of time where that was me, where I did have feelings of inadequacy, where I would revisit shame. Oh my gosh, you know, I'm not worthy. And this goes back to what I've experienced earlier on in life of, you know, different situations, social settings, academic setting, uh, you know, academic settings where I might have not have felt as worthy. And we are attach ourselves to the outcome. And so it's other people who are in the same boat right now who have received rejection letters from NYU and from Rutgers and from Penn and from different places who aren't who who aren't able to cope in a, in a healthy way due to the rejection that they receive. But again, we have to be mindful of not attaching our, our worth to what the outcome is. And this transcends um, career, right? This transcends career. Again, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about friendships. We're talking about things that we incur on a daily basis, not being reflective of who we are. Yes, and now it may be reflective of, of some of our skills. Maybe we have to hone our skills. If we're talking about within a relationship and we're talking about poor communication, then yeah, I have to hone my skills as a communicator, but this isn't reflective of who I am in totality. Because again, I'm so much more than just that person who was in a relationship. And that's difficult to do. That's difficult to disassociate yourself from um, from the goal or the thing you're known for the most and say and, and look at it objectively. Because, again, there are things like I discussed last week, such as imposter syndrome that gets in the way of that process. And so imposter syndrome would tell me, well, Phil, you don't fit in in that in that you don't make the cut. You're not good enough to be in there or if I once I'm in there wow I had to get in by the by the the skin of my teeth right or it was affirmative action or looking out looking at all the reasons why I don't fit in or how I got here and we have to shut that noise off it's a process it's a process um I just got finished running into one of my homies and he asked me how my how am I feeling in preparation for the Broad Street Run which is a 10 mile race which is my first official race. And I said I you know I don't know I hope I'm ready. He said he said bro listen. He's, and it, it shocked me. He was like yo as long as I've known you whatever you've put your mind to whether it was bodybuilding, powerlifting, um school you usually do. You focus on it and you do. So don't downplay it like I, you don't know if you're ready. You know, you haven't missed a train, a running session. I see you posted up, you know, posted every day or every other day or however often that you're running. Like you're prepared for it. Right. And so it's it's a lot of times we got we especially in conversation with others, we tend to dumb down ourselves Right. We tend to dumb down ourselves. So because we're t always taught to be humble, even in situations where it's not even about that was situation wasn't about humility. Right. It's like, yo, how you feeling for the race? Yo, I feel good. I'm prepared. I'm ready for it. But often, especially as men, um, 
because again, we live in a patriarchal society and we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable or any sign of, of, you know, self-expression and, and showing how you value self and your accomplishments or what you're preparing to do can be misconstrued as ego, especially within, you know, within the black culture, within black families, one another, we don't trust the expert in one another because we look at it as ego. So when I say, yo, yeah, I'm ready for this, right? I got to run nine miles on Sunday. I'm, I'm prepared for this. Oh, relax, relax. You're too cocky. Chill. Anything could happen, right? We always go to the extremes because we live in, a, again, we live in a society and it's been reinforced about the, the negative outcomes, the negative outcomes, the negative outcomes, where it makes it hard to just be present and recognize what it is that you have to do. Right. And so with me, it was no different. Do I belong in this world, uh, this elite world of academia on a Ph.D. level? And I'm like, why not? Why not? Why don't I? Somebody tell me, even though you say I'm not as highly qualified, but I recognize how competitive that is. Right. But again, it's not reflective of me. And so especially when you consider yourself a thinker, you you look for acceptance from other thought leaders. So. And, and this again, this transcends not only academia, but let's look at the running me running. You know, I might not consider myself a runner, but I'm a runner. Right. But I, I need that acceptance from the running community. Right. If I'm, a, if I'm a hip hop star, I need that acceptance from my hip hop peers. I need that validation. Right. I need that validation. We're human. Again, you know, and I keep harping on where we are today because society has a lot to do with our conditioning and the need for constant validation. Hence the reason social media exists. I encourage everybody to watch the Cal Newport interview on The Breakfast Club where he talks about his book, Digital Minimalism. And and I'm sitting there listening to it. I'm like, man. Mind you, he's he's wild because he's never signed up for social media at the age of 35. And so he's he looks at himself as an anthropologist looking from the outside in to this world. But think about what we need, the validation that we need on a daily basis, on a basic level. We talking about likes. And so now when it's magnified on a grander scale about something that we really hold near and dear to our hearts, when I talk about my, you know, my intellectual capabilities, me having these individuals say, uh, well, not as uh, whatever the line was, not as highly qualified as others, it could have me view myself in a different way. And so, again, we have to be mindful about the implications Right. So if you're passed over for a promotion, rejected from a school of choice or a job that you're particularly interested in. Not to associate yourself with the outcome, maybe associate your skills with the outcome. But we have to cope with with the rejection. We have to allow ourselves space for the vulnerability, again, especially as men, where being vulnerable is is now I think it's, it's becoming more vogue. On a surfacey level so we can post about it. We could post a meme about it. But in reality, I don't think we really have an understanding about what vulnerability is. 
And so I can sit here and say, listen, cry, be sad, be mad. Yes. Yes, those, those are healthy emotions when we're talking about rejection. But allowing your space, but the space in between th- cognitively thinking about it and actually expressing it is, is huge. That gap is huge for a lot of people. And so we often minimize it because we, we see people post it and they say, yo, do this. Yo, do this. It's like, bro, I, I haven't cried since 94. So I haven't cried since 94. And you telling me to cry. First, I have to first understand why I haven't cried since 94. And then I have to allow myself permission to cry. And so it's, it's much easier said than done. And there's no one size fits all for coping. Right. And so when we record, when we recognize that, when we recognize that idea. We have to really address and sit down and think about how we're coping, how I've been, how I have I been coping since 94? Because I've had I've had situations. Where emotions have come up. But how have I dealt with them? And I'm not saying I haven't cried since 94. Anybody that know me know I cried the drop of a dime. <laughs> right. I should be an actor for it because I could just sit there. The lips start quivering and it's just like, I know you just stare. If you want to know a secret to acting, just stare. And think about something sad. Right. Because your eyes are naturally going to water up. And then you'll have that emotion from a sad experience. And voila. Hey, I should be teaching a class on this, man, on, on acting or something. But, you know, allow yourself that room for vulnerability. And we're talking about know your ledge. I, I heard another podcast talk about know your ledge. Then they play they play the, uh, the song by Rakim. And it's just like, know your ledge. So I'm like, what is know your ledge? Right. And if we talk about know the ledge, knowledge. Knowledge yourself, know who you are, understand how you're coping, right? How are you coping? If you're not being vulnerable in a way of crying, being sad, being mad and, and healthy, healthy self-expression, then you need to understand how you are coping. And so how do we do this? We do this by documenting what we're experiencing. Document what we're experiencing in that moment. Now, if you're in the midst of boo-hoo, cry, 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 it might be hard to sit down and write, well, I'm crying, but but this is, you know, happening, what I'm feeling. Now, listen, people can do it and salute to those individuals who can, but do it shortly thereafter, right? Shortly thereafter, when you are, when you have regained your composure, you're not crying and you're not sad and you're not mad and you're in a, a better space mentally and and emotionally and spiritually and or physically document what I went through. You know, I I was sad because I, I I felt rejected by something I, I really put my all into, you know, I questioned my ability to achieve on that level. Like write these things down, understand these things. Understanding the root cause. Yes, it's always something, you know, you could discuss in therapy, which I always recommend. But listen, let's be honest. All rejection does not require therapy. For me, maybe a few years ago, this type of rejection will require therapy, but it wasn't about the rejection in itself from from higher ed. It was more about some self-esteem related issues. 
not getting a promotion on a job, yeah, if you were, if that requires therapy, we're talking about underlying issues that existed prior to. So, and what we're writing, write about, listen, when that happened, you know, I went and had a drink, man, to decompress. Now, listen, I'm not against drinking to decompress or some people smoke marijuana to relax. Listen, but it's all about understanding the root cause, right? And so if that's your immediate go-to, then you have to truly address it and do some honest self-assessment as to whether this is a healthy coping strategy for you, for you. I know for me drinking, I've, I've been drinking since 17. I've drank in situations where I was just drinking to cope, where I was drinking to fit in socially. For me, if I go through something, no, I can't just go have a drink. And so we're talking about know your ledge, knowledge yourself. And so reflect on that. Use that as you go forward. Am I isolating myself when something happens? Now, if I isolate myself for an hour, that may be more healthy than isolating myself for for three days, for three weeks. Then again, there's something underlying happening there. That rejection is attached to something. It's like a parasite. And last but not least, we got to recognize that everything isn't for us. Right. NYU, I knew NYU is, is not for me. Right now, is a PhD in social work for me? I think so. Will it manifest itself? I hope so. Will I stop achieving even if I am rejected again and again and again? No. But I need to do honest assessment. I have to sit and I have to. I sent out. I'm sending them out. You know, to actual to the actual department to understand, and I'm prepared for what they might say. They may say, "Phil, you know what? Your GRE scores uh, were." were cool, right? They weren't the best that we've received. Or they could say, Phil, your GPA wasn't strong enough. They could say your letter wasn't strong enough. Your research experience wasn't strong enough. Your work experience... Well, no, no, no. They'll never say my work experience isn't strong enough because I, <laughs> I put in a lot of work. But again, some of these things are within my control. And so I can say, you know what? I can improve upon that to make myself more presentable, to make myself more attractive. And so take take, you know, use that time to reflect and be proactive. Every you know, when I think about rejection, when I think about denial, I don't look at it as a negative anymore. Right. We're talking about it, it builds socio emotional capacity. And that's just a fancy way of saying for everything that we experience, for every crisis, it's always about the bounce back. How do we respond? Something we do every day. Something we do every day. Some situations are minor. Right. Somebody might cut us off while driving. That's helping build our social emotional capacity, depending upon how we respond. You know, influence how we move forward. Or it could be something big. Like in this case, getting rejected. This is building my capacity. Right. To cope. Because then, you know, when something major happens, I'm going to be pulling from all of these experiences, whether consciously or, or unconsciously. I'm going to be pulling from these experiences because at the end of the day, it makes us more resilient. 
every undesirable situation can make us more resilient. It's all about perspective. It's all about how we're looking at it. Yeah, listen, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. This is a short episode. I like short episodes. Again, check me out on Instagram and Twitter, Phil underscore Quadify, Q-A-D-E-F-Y, Facebook.com backslash Philip MSW, or is that forward slash? Them slashes, one of them slashes of Philip MSW. Check out the website, www.quadifyllc.net. Cop some merch. We got merch. Cop merch. Subscribe, share, comment, like, yada, yada, yada. I appreciate you guys. Peace.